0: to be great is to be misunderstood. I mean, that's been my whole life. People telling me what I can't do and learn really early on, if I don't believe in myself, nobody else ever will. And I've been really strong at that. Tell me what I can't do, please. (laughs) Please tell me what I can't do. Cause I promise you the voice inside of me is much louder telling me what I can do. And I think I've trained that voice my whole life.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another show of Living Good Currency with Tony and Tobias. We appreciate the love, the support. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We definitely listen and read every one of your comments, so we appreciate you guys so much for letting us, give us giving us the fuel to keep going and having these deep conversations with incredible human beings. Today is no different. I'm bringing a friend on the show, Brett Claywell. Brett has spent over two decades in the film and television industry. He's a producer, a director, a writer, and an actor. For those of you who remember One Tree Hill and One Life to Live, oh, yeah, that beautiful face of Brett's. (laughs) He transferred his acting career into producing. But also, what was really interesting about Brett's career is he's a visionary, and we're going to go into that. He was an early visionary in gaming, and he he conceived some of the earliest celebrity-driven gaming events in Hollywood, which ultimately led him to co-founding Tiltify, the world's premier charitable crowdfunding platform for live streaming. He's an expert in live broadcasts, which leads to his next venture, Humble House, HMBL, which he launched in 2019 to capitalize on the void in premium live streaming content, leading Humble House to a major creative force in developing and producing new remote content models throughout the pandemic. In 2021, he co-founded Solis, S-O-L-I-S, to utilize emerging technologies to further amplify his team's ability to build organic communities and generate authentic dialogue between talent and global consumers, which we're going to go into in detail. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hey, thanks for having me. All great right. to great to see you guys. I appreciate you, brother. It's been a long time, man. And now the hair's all grown since uh, you got the ponytail. <laughs>
0: Man, it's, uh, yeah,
1: man. Haven't cut it in two years and uh, it might be coming soon. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you haven't cut it since your first son was born, correct?
0: Yeah. My son was born in uh, January of 2020 in Perth, Australia. Wow. We got back to LA in March, I think, 3rd, and the lockdown started two weeks later. So, uh, yeah, haven't had a need to cut it. Let's just say that.
2: Lockdown.
1: (laughs) Man, so I've known Brett for, I mean, I guess it's been almost 10 years or something like that. It's been a long time since we were walking in the time. halls of of INE Entertainment where we it's met. Never it's, it's never easy. It's never easy. That's what INE stands for, by the way. It's never easy. And, you know, Brett, the one thing I was telling Tobias, who, you know, he's me and you for the first time, is that he goes, I was just, I was like, let me best describe Brett, not based on his professional success but by the fact that every time I saw him in the hall, before I got to know him, he's smiling. Oh. He makes you feel like you're the celebrity in the room. He's engaging with people, and, 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 it's, and it's, a, it's a unique trait. But I swear, that's what I always thought about you. This guy always brings joy to conversations. And so if I could start with that, what, how do you find the, the joy in the conversations that you're happening. And I'm asking you this because I've authentically observed it. Like you, are you conscious of it? Do You go into there with a conscious attitude because you're always smiling and finding happiness in your conversations. Uh,
0: I don't know if I'd say I'm, I'm conscious of it. You know, I, I think growing up, I was always like, everything wasn't easy, you know? And I think I, outwardly was always searching for that joy myself Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I I know from a very young age, I started to tell myself that there's no greater joy than making a stranger smile. Mm -hmm. Because whether it, you know, I grew up in the South, I had a lot of fast food. (laughs) It was, it was always, um, I always wanted to make that fast food drive-through person, like laugh or smile or like, cause you just never know what somebody else is going through. Mm. And I definitely have a perspective that no matter how bad it is for me, it will never be as bad. It possibly is for other people. Um, My, my life is, is good. Even at its worst, it's good. Um, I always live in gratitude. Hey, Um, no matter how bad a moment may be. I try to find gratitude for something in that moment. And it sounds a little silly when you, when you say it that way, but um, my my fiance and I at 1111 11 every day and my kid does it now um, we celebrate twice a day our love for each other we celebrate our gratitude if we're not together we call each other we text each other and my my son now is two years old will be like a la, la. and he like dances the, and we dance and we like we try to find time each day to be grateful for all that we have and it's about, yeah, be grateful for what you have. You can still aspire for what you want, but knowing that you have everything you need, which is health and love and happiness, and um, you know, the every every morning is the beginning of the rest of your life.
2: Yes.
0: So you every day have an opportunity to to manifest um, that. So I I don't know if I'm actually conscious of it. I think it's just become ingrained in my soul at this point. It's amazing.
1: I knew that I had a feeling that question was going to be good or at least that observation because I didn't, I wanted to know what it was. And now you're telling me this is, this is an amazing thing. So it's, it's, it's more of your subconscious, but you trained it. I mean, this is something you're actively training yourself to do. I I know
0: where I came from and where I came from is where my, my father to, to go back to the beginning. My, my mother is a coal miners daughter from Southwest Virginia. Um, my grandfather was a coal miner. My father didn't have plumbing or electricity till he was 17 years old in Kentucky, first in his family to go to college, uh, basketball and baseball scholarship. His middle school principal held him back a year so that he could grow so that he could start on his high school basketball team, because that's the type of poverty they were in. So I think there's a certain understanding of like having a certain level of respect for all the opportunity I have and, some of the things I went through growing up and some of the, some of the things my family went through. And I was always like, it was always a little, uh, the, the word immature has been thrown at me my whole life. I think now that I'm 44 almost, I'm happy to be immature because it allows me to like interact with my children. But that was always like, kind of like a, an arrow that was slung at me. Like, you know, you, you act too young, you know, like for some reason, 18-year-olds or 20-year-olds or 25-year-olds are supposed to be grown adults. And I've always just celebrated the kid in me. Yes. And I think that, you know, every now and then that can be detrimental to what I'm what I'm doing. But for the most part, it's been, um, for the most part, that's been um, something that allows me to stay young and, and, like you said, find the joy in every moment.
2: Mm. Wow. Well. You're talking to a joy magnet over uh, here. No, so when when you were just saying, Brett, something as simple as going into the fast food line, and I'm going to make one day I took one of my friends. You know, she like uh, the McGriddle, whatever it was, McGriddle. And I seen Ooh, how mama, don't mention the griddle <laughs> right now. You're making me hungry. And I noticed how in the, the 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 young lady who was taking the order, I was thinking, look at all these cars. And just the monotony of having to, you know, go to work and to take care of yourself and possibly your family with such monotony. And how many people say thank you and mean it? How many people Ooh. say, how are you? What is your name? Speak. And so when you said you was doing that at a very young person, uh, celebrating and being uh, grateful and present, and now in one of the most hectic careers one can have in media and entertainment – And I-N-E, you're known. He said, you're known. You know, I I read your bio. I'm like pretty impressive. But he said, no, I know him for smiling. I know him for being uh, jovial. I know him for treating me like a star. And uh, I know that kind of uh, disposition to say gratitude is our attitude. That will get us far in this life because people want to be recognized, man. People want to feel like a star when they feel like you're the star. And so, and then the main thing that you said, it was during uneasy times that this was the mechanism that I've cultivated this into myself. So now, me, uh, as well as my fiance and my two-year-old son, we identify ritual. At eleven, eleven, I love you. I see you. I recognize you. And so, uh, so far, uh, I know our, our, our listeners are appreciating that about you before we get to all this high-powered uh, professionalism that we're about to talk, uh, talk about.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, on that line of thought, you said, you know, you're always acting like a kid. And I had the same thing. I said, I'm glad I have kids so I can stay acting like a kid. I'm goofy. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, mm-hmm. but what you, what you just maybe sparked the idea is the kid in you mm-hmm. also leads to the imagination. Right kids are the ones who can solve problems with their imagination. And so when you think about your professional career, your the kid in you and this this idea of trying to help make people feel good leads to my I guess another question I have which is is it this kid in you the joyful that the, the bringing joy to other people that you interact with is that one of your professional passions that you infuse in your career? Because mm-hmm. you start thinking about Tiltify. You start thinking about the things that you've done. It seems like you're all, to, to be a visionary, you have to be a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So i love to know about, do you think that it is the kid in you that, that in and the, in the, in not just the kid of imagination, but the kid of trying to solve, the, the, the solve problems and make other people feel good? Is that your guiding light in your professional career when you kind of look at the things that you've done and you've accomplished?
0: Um, It it helped get me where I am. I mean, my my first role, I was, I guess you could say, discovered. I went to school for architecture. That's what my degree was in. I quit my job two weeks before I graduated because my professor, I was getting a minor in theater, had a job at a firm, architecture firm, and he was like, you should try this. You should pursue this. And I'd never imagined that um, I would ever be an actor. I'm from North Carolina. Like I was pretty smart, little nerdy athlete, you know, like I was on the athlete side, I was the nerd and on the, on the, in the nerdy side, I was the jock. So like, I never really fit in in either place, you know? So anyway, the, I decided to quit my job. My parents were ecstatic and I moved to Wilmington and my first job out of college was delivering pizzas. Mm. And it was because I had this dream and I had this vision. I was like, you know what? Let me give myself some time. Um, and my, my first, you know, I, I did Dawson's Creek and then I ended up on, I, I auditioned for One Tree Hill and thank God it was a basketball show because mm. I could ball. We won a state championship when I was in high school I'm the only white kid to ever play in my high school ever. Mm. Still, uh, Brendan Haywood was my high school center. We were oh, wow. we were number twelve ranked school in the nation. My senior year, Come on. number one ranked public school. Like we were a we were a squad. That's right. And so it just happened to be a basketball show, like kismet. You know, the universe taking care of me. That's right. And I auditioned, ended up getting the part. That's a long story on its own, but got the part. And then it happened to be a role where. I started to just make people laugh and it was supposed to be one episode and it turned into 18 episodes that first season and then 12 more episodes, the second season, et cetera. So that ability to, it was almost like my, you know, who I was starting to come through that character. Um, But that immaturity definitely came through that character too. Right. I wouldn't say I was a good actor yet. Mm. I look back and I'm like, man, those choices (laughs) were some questionable choices. Um, but it definitely propelled, um, me to finally end up in LA. I think there's a, there's definitely a merger of some of these different elements of my life. Um, the, the comedic side of me, the, the architecture side, which is all about identifying the problems and then finding solutions It's form versus function. Mm. I think that plays into it. I'm able to look at the world and say, things are trending in this direction where are we headed? How can I help solve that? And I think on the other side, I'm a service provider. I'm someone who I was a resident advisor in college, you know, for three years, because I had to pay, figure out a way to pay for college. So I was somebody who my peers would come to and ask for guidance or ask for help or whatever they needed. I was there. So it's this idea of service that also is kind of, that's now what I do, where celebrities or talent or my friends come to me and say, I wanna raise money to build schools in Africa. Or um, when we did Game for Paul, we'll get to that. But like, you know, my brother passed away. I wanna honor his memory and and raise money for his organization that the world didn't know about. Um, so I think it's I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I know one of the hardest things in this industry though, when I was early on in my career, one of my producers, told me that I need to lose the North Carolina in me literally said that because, and I still have trouble identifying the impetus for that statement. I understand it a little more because I wasn't tough. I I didn't have my rough edges. I was just a sweet little sensitive Southern boy who believed everybody was nice and honest and kind and had um, had the greatest intentions. And Hollywood, they do not. A lot of Cheshire cats out here. So I I definitely understand the root of that. But I've fought really hard to do the opposite to be successful, but to maintain who I was. You know, it's all about not forgetting where you came from. You know, I would rather inject North Carolina into Hollywood than speak. lose North Carolina to be successful.
2: Speak, speak. Uh, Brett, that's 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 such a, uh, I guess, means a connection because I grew up in South Carolina. Okay. And, yeah, Orangeburg, South Carolina. Okay. Okay. I graduated from Orangeburg, Wilkinson, 1988, and when I came to Los Angeles, thus the incarceration, my whole thing was I was going to inject as much of the greenery of the simple life and living. Family, food, community, mm-hmm. fishing, hunting into the prisons of California because most men have never even been to the beach. They've never been fishing. They've never been hunting. They've never been to a family. Uh, picnic, whatever the case might be. So when you say these things, coming from North Carolina, uh, my school was totally segregated. Uh, we had we had one white guy too. His name was Chad. He had one. <laughs> he was the center of the basketball team. He was probably almost one of the best one on the team too. Uh, we didn't go chase state state championship. Yeah. <laughs> so the opposite of which, uh, the same thing you was going through. So when you say uh, these things, and always remembering who your grandfather and your father was and the opportunities that you were given. And so look how life, God, the universe, whatever case might be, opens up a career for you through what you had was basketball. And that was the same with me. Brothers asked me how did I get into all of the healing and the love and all these things that happened. It was through basketball. It was through sports. Mm. Sports. Mm -hmm. Everybody on the yard uh, uh, gravitated toward the basketball court so we can leverage Whatever life is giving us to propel us into greater things in life and our greater purpose, as you said, the go-to God, providing service. So, you know, regardless of whether it's yourself in Hollywood or me sitting in somebody's prison, we came here today to this podcast, Living Good Currency, with Tony and Tobias, speaking on our life periphery has taken us down the same kind of paths coming to the same conclusions. So brother, this is beautiful.
1: Now there's a lot of, uh, I'm listening to Brett and knowing your story more. Um, it it is amazing how the, the, the through line of currency, Mm -hmm. you know, we call it living good currency, aligning your purpose and passions to make everyday count, focusing on the good you can do for yourself and others, but the currency. And you start, when you start talking, Brett, it just, you know, we've had a lot more time talking about currency and the flow. Um, but this is, the, this is, the, this is what we we're trying to get people like yourself on the show to re- realize some things that are subconscious or conscious that you're doing. We're, you're, you're on here because we're all trying to collect this, this movement of amazing human beings who are in the flow of good. And how mm-hmm. do we support one another so that we can all rise together to actually accomplish what we're setting out to do, which is to make ourselves and others better and so- feel good. Um, you know, being a visionary, being told, lose your North Carolina, uh, you know, lifestyle or the attitude, do you find it often in, in, in Hollywood or the, the, the things that you accomplished or just in Hollywood in general that you're misunderstood a lot, mm. not just because you're trying to be a little different be by being authentic and thinking everybody's good, but talk about some of the, the. The feelings that 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 conjure up when you talk when when you when I say this about like being misunderstood, told you stop thinking so big, you know what I mean. Stay in your lane. Like, how do you adjust to that being being a visionary? Whether it's your Tiltify, taking you know seeing where the where the the flow is going and trying to get in front of it. Um, whether it's Humble House, whether it's now your new company Soulless. It's it sounds great. You have three awesome companies that you've started. But being a visionary and being your authentic self, is you're all often misunderstood, correct? I mean, can you talk about either some of the things that you've experienced professionally in being your authentic self or and or how you overcome when people think you're crazy?
0: I feel like you must have looked at my Instagram, which you didn't, but mm. my... Um, my bio on my Instagram, one of my favorite quotes, Henry David Thoreau, to be great is to be misunderstood. It's literally on my bio because, um, I mean, that's been my whole life. People telling me what I can't do and learn really early on that, you know, know thyself is, is, you know, right. Like if I don't believe in myself, nobody else ever will. And I've been really strong at that. I was the little short Bobby Hurley kid that nobody ever thought would make the team at Dudley High School, right? And you know, nobody thought I could survive at that school being this scrawny little white boy. But you know, I I thrived. I don't just survive; mm. I thrive. And you know, when I go to college, and I'm you know, it's really hard to get into the School of Design at NC State and the architecture program. And I go through five years, and then I detour. And I'm gonna be an actor. A lot of haters at that point too. Um, a lot of followers in the world. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm gonna move to LA. Like you should. I had casting directors saying you should stay. You should stay in North Carolina. Like you're too old to be a star. Was said to me. Um, I probably was true because I didn't really become a star. But um, but it's it's happened over and over and over again and now oh wait you're gonna quit your acting career to go be an entrepreneur and start a company like I had people at the biggest agencies in the world telling me nobody's ever gonna watch people play video games 2008 2009 now look where the world is like you know so I constantly I that's fuel to me tell me what I can't do. Please, please <laughs> tell me what I can't do. Cause I promise you the voice inside of me is much long, lo- uh, much louder telling me what I can do. Awesome. And I think I've trained that voice my whole life. I I've run two marathons for charity. Uh, I ran the New York city marathon. I pulled my hamstring 13 miles in. Mm. I still finished that marathon. Oh, wow. Ended up, tearing the hamstring might not have been the best thing for my body long term. There is a cane in my future, mm. but like, I just don't quit. Um, I've learned in my life that you do not fail. If you do not quit, you just takes longer to accomplish your goals than maybe you anticipated. But if, if I don't quit, I will never fail. That's right. um, that was even up on my wall. When I just started to be an actor, I'd written it on cardboard and like black marker every morning I woke up and the wall in front of me, it just said, I will not fail in huge letters, like the whole wall. And that's just my mentality. Like, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I don't care what the world thinks. Um, I can manifest the life that I have imagined. Um, So yeah, I'm totally going to be misunderstood because a lot of people don't have that imagination or don't have that belief in themselves and, if I can provide that type of joy or that type of self-belief to one person a day, I'm changing
1: the world hey. one day at a time. Yes, sir. You know, you bring up a lot of truth about people telling you, for example, no one's going to, no one's going to sit in front of their, their, their laptop and watch video games. Now maybe not all crazy ideas end up being great ideas, but what it is is a lot of times that comes from a, a sense of, jealousy, envy from the, from the haters, because they, they don't have what you have. Even if they have the imagination, even if they have the crazy idea, they don't have the gall or to the point of knowing themselves enough or trusting in themselves enough to take the leap of faith and to, and to go out into the world to try what they're doing. I mean, that's where you and I, and, and I mean, they were, we're always called crazy. You know, you know, his whole time in prison, he was called crazy. What do you mean you're going to get out? You're serving two life sentences without parole. Yeah, I know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to get out. And mm-hmm. I feel like my whole life being misunderstood. But the difference I'm listening to a lot of people is it is around who also you surround yourself with. If if, if you, you can love yourself, you can believe in yourself, you can be crazy imaginative in your ideas. But if you surround yourself with people who are even subconsciously bringing you down mm. tearing you down just a little bit it 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 will work we're human it's, beings it's never
0: too late it's never too late to reshuffle the deck I'm, that's right
1: i literally did it in the last few years me too bro. and i
0: said i gotta change my circle i got i got a kid coming that's right. i got a family i'm building and if you're affecting my energy daily then i'm affecting my family's energy with that you know the same way so like People can get in your way and, you know, you might not cast me for your role, but you can't steal what's inside of me. You can't take that away. And they're destructors and there's builders in the world, right? Mm. And if you come at me trying to tear down what I am, I'm not going to reciprocate that. I'm going to build you up. <laughs> like, I'm going to okay. give you back something that you're lacking. You have a void in you. That's if you right. want to attack what I'm doing or what my if you don't want to support it and you want to ridicule it or you want to you know, have a different opinion. Absolutely. Please. But like you, and this is not, I'm not perfect at this. You know, I'm not a perfect human being by any stretch of the imagination. I am a work in progress every day. Um, but, and I want to continue to improve. And there's a reason we have two ears and one mouth. Mm. I want to continue to listen and learn. Um, I am a flawed human. I have made many mistakes, but I just want to continue to grow and continue to just share and, and be better than I was the day before. Like, you know, that's, that's the goal.
1: I love the, the reshuffling of the deck because that's what, exactly how Tobias and I landed together. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I had a, I got sick really bad with Crohn's and, and, and that forced me to really rethink a lot of things. But even then I wasn't really prepared, but it was, you know, we call them positive pandemics, like things that happen positive through this pandemic and there are some of us who actually took the time to realize that this is happening as Tony Robbins often says for us, not to us. And so if it's happening for us to show, to, to, to stop, it was an awesome time to reshuffle the deck. If you needed it reshuffled, which a lot of us did, you know, depression. We, like
0: it's, it's a, to take on that really quick. It's yep. not, we don't control what happens to us. We control how we react Almost. to what happens oh, to us, how we handle it. Right. You you can't control the way the world will treat you, but you can control the way that you handle that. So that's that's kind of how I say that.
1: No, it's amazing, and I think you know, even even getting to reconnect with you and always knowing that you're such, you're always seeing. I feel like one, two, three steps ahead of the game. It it, it and sometimes when you pitch and you're talking, it's 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 above my head because I'm like I you know I didn't have enough time to think about the future like that. Like I'm thinking about the future in other ways. And I'm like, wow, look at this guy. Like he just really, I I mean, just whatever you're doing, even when you started humble, man, your excitement and passion. And then you're like, man, I'm about to start something called Soulless. I can't even wait to tell you about that. And I'm thinking, man, this guy. But let's go back a couple steps with Tiltify. So, and, and because I want our listeners to understand how you got to the point of seeing the need for Tiltify, where it could be and what you've accomplished with Tiltify to make the world a better place. Well, I think
0: just, you know, where that started, I used to throw when I was an actor, had a nice house, throwing some, like, we used to throw annual Super Bowl parties. We had a Super Bowl party at our house. Bunch of people were over. We had 200 people there, legit. And me and some of the guys were like, you know, talking smack at each other over on the side about Madden. Mm. So at halftime, we went in the other room, um, different, whole different room, started playing a two-on-two Madden game at halftime. Started to get intense. People started coming in. People started getting involved. People started making bets. People started, uh, our girls started doing cheerleading stuff, went to overtime. All of a sudden realized it was deep in the third quarter. We had more people watching us mm. play Madden and how the outcome of that game was going to happen versus watching the Arizona Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was an amazing game on its own. And it was like this epiphany of like people want gaming isn't at least what I was pitching in the day. Gaming wasn't about the video game. It was about the interaction between the talent. So I was like, let me just put video game controllers in, in athlete's hands. And now uh, instead of watching their heads, Bob up on a field, not knowing what they're saying to each other, not knowing what, you know, Kobe and Shaq are saying to each other, whatever you actually now get that interaction. So that was the impetus for it. Um, Actually designed what's now known as an esports arena. We designed what we called a multi-purpose uh, game, multi-purpose, uh, entertainment facility. So we designed that with one of the guys I went to school with. We did our first event in January eleventh, two thousand eleven. Wow. We had um, it was called Sticks Gaming, S-T-I-K-S, because it was sticks. Um, it was uh, we had Snoop, we had Zach Efron there, we had Chris Evans, we had Michael Strahan. I had Rampage Jackson versus The Miz. UFC versus WWE champ in UFC fighting in front of 800 people. January 11th, 2011. E! News, Access Hollywood, Entertainment Tonight. Couldn't get the show sold. Mm. Nobody's going to watch people play video games. I'm like, do you see what we're doing? We did multiple events. I did John Sally versus Lamorne Morris in in NBA 2K. We did Kenyon Martin versus Terrell Owens. So long story short, Twitch launched in 2011. I had some brilliant partners um, as well. Um, Michael Wasserman is the CEO of Tiltify now, was my partner, really understood the vision of streaming and how that's evolving. Um, Mark Russell came on as a CTO. Um, we built out a platform, we got investors and we launched Tiltify in 2014. So Tiltify was like seeing that, um, the fundraising mechanisms for charity were antiquated. Mm -hmm. It was a paper system. We saw that there was mechanisms. We basically democratized the Jerry Lewis telethon model. Mm. And we gave power to content creators to create their own campaigns with their own communities. Um, And it's, to this date, raised hundreds of millions of dollars for charity. We have over 3,000 charities on the platform. Um, I haven't been actively working with the company since 2016. It's taken off. Dr. Lupo, like a gamer, raised $2.3 million for St. Jude in 24 hours. Um, I produced a lot of the events though, and that's what kind of led to wanting to create humble house produce game for Paul with, uh, Cody Walker and, uh, for Paul Walker's charity, a few months after he passed away with the cast of furious seven, we raised three quarters of a million dollars over four years and was really introducing some of this, a, you know, say a list talent We're we're raising a hundred thousand dollars with Tyrese and Michelle with webcams and a laptop, mm. you know, completely different than what they're not used to with two hundred person crews and hundred million dollar sets we're teaching them how to engage with their communities in really organic ways, and that's kind of the foundation for a lot of the ideas we have now
1: amazing man I mean, congrats on tiltify it's just uh it's and i didn't know the I didn't know the impetus of it i didn't know uh I didn't know that awesome Super Bowl story. <laughs> that was that
0: was the epi- that was the that was the epiphany. Still haven't gotten that show on television, which is a shame. It was like mm. way ahead yeah. of its time. It now, we were just way too far ahead of gaming. I was building FaZe Clan ten years ago. You know, we were bringing together celebrities to play video games. They always would say, "This is the most fun event I've ever been to." Just Hollywood's a little slow to to catch up sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's the the ish, the. the I don't want to say problem or issue, but that's the the way you see sometimes with the innovators, uh, the visionaries, the, the timing may not be right all the time. Yep. And it's the early adapters who sometimes, uh, it's not necessarily always a first to market. Sometimes it's the early adapters. You'd rather be
0: Facebook than MySpace,
1: right? Exactly. Well, it, it, you know, from a business perspective, no question, for sure. Uh, but it but it shouldn't. And this is where that there's that quandary. Right. If you have the MySpace idea before MySpace, it was actually Friendster. Right. I think it was right? yeah, I think it was it Friendster. Was. Right. Don't forget about Friendster. It's, right? So, yeah. you know, if you have the Friendster idea, it's like, you know, that's why investors sometimes like, you know, it's too early. How big is this industry? And all, but then they say, be the first to market. So it's like <laughs> it's like make your mind. Is it be the first to market or don't be too early? Um, but I think that's why you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. And that's why I really admire what you've done because it feels like it's not just an innovative, great idea. You went and said, how do we take this awesome idea and help democratize giving? And so therefore your why, whether it worked or not, whether Tiltify was a friendster and someone else came along and did it better, it didn't matter, right? Because one of the things that we often talk about in good currency is, Make your intentions clear. Make your why, 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 why are you doing what you're doing? Then follow up with actions that lead to your intentions and lead the results up to, we say, God, the universe, wherever you want. Because, so whether you end up becoming the Friendsters, the MySpace, or the Facebook, know why you're doing what you're doing. Because the Friendsters, if they had their why truly, then they should feel fine about I mean, yeah, they're a little jealous or a little mad, but... They can take that experience, a la what you are doing now. Everything you've done, you haven't failed. You've just learned a lot. I mean, that's what I'm learning from you. You just learned a lot. You clearly don't fail. You you, you say you don't fail.
0: You either either win or you learn. There is no lose. Right? Right? That's right. Just just learn. It's just 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 another education. Keep it moving.
2: I think we need to ask philosopher. To the bio. Yeah. (laughs) You got a lot of, you know, I'm known for quotes. I'm I'm known for quotes. Uh, Perception. And I think that's the difference between survivors and thrivers. Mm. Perception. Perception. This was maybe a saying or quote that we shared this week constantly that circumstances and situations don't define us, but they reveal who we are circumstances and situations do not define us, but they reveal mm. who we are. So one person might be in a prison and you say, what's the definition? Oh, he's a prisoner or she's a prisoner. Then you look at what the circumstances and situations revealed in that person turned out knowing thyself being the first theme in which we come to do an isolation, whether it's a pandemic or whether you're sitting in somebody's prison cell is to know thyself. And man, I can be a healer in this moment. And healing might be smiling. It might be hugging. It might be telling jokes. It might be just taking a walk with someone who has not been taken a walk with. Oh, I might have a voice, a voice that I might not have cultivated in my childhood for whatever reasons I felt intimidated in speaking. So now people who normally don't have someone to speak for them, I will be their advocate. Oh, I didn't like school, but I started studying the laws and said that I didn't have neuroplasticity. I couldn't change. Oh, watch this. I'm going to prove to you I'm going to change. So I believe this is the difference between people who survive and people who thrive. Our brother Nipsey said, man, this is a marathon. The race is not won by the swift and the strong, but he or she who can endure to the end. Marathon, man, hamstring pulling I'm going to make it even if it costs me to walk on a staff or a cane when I'm 50. I'm not going to quit. That produces something in us. That resonates with our audience who is listening. Specifically right now, we have to dig deep right now. It's a lot of pain. It's a lot of hurt. Uh, It's a lot of misery. It's a lot of bad news going on. So as I'm sitting here listening and understanding that your voice and our collective voice is going to our listeners, this is a very powerful moment in world history that we can come here and sit together and speak on these simple things. It seems simple, but we're in a culture that doesn't applaud this kind of voice and this kind of thinking and what makes it so good that you have achieved on such a high level. So it's just like, oh, that's some good philosophical stuff. That's some good spiritual stuff. So, uh, yeah, these are the things that right now, really has me thinking and appreciating for my life and my journey and for me to be more grateful.
0: And like, I, I want to say like, we talk about these accolades and we talk about the accomplishments and the, like life has not been easy. Come on. You know, like it's not like when we're building a startup, I'm making no money. Come on. For I three know. years, I'm raising money for charity and my business manager is like, but what about you?
2: Come on, come on, come on. Come <laughs> like, on. where's the
0: money for you? Come like, on. Speak. living, living, skimping by. But I think this, I love this podcast, this conversation, because that's not what life's about. It hasn't been about that for me. My family never had money. Come on. So that's not what motivates me. Like, it will come. But you can have all the money in the world and not Miserable. be happy, not be doing the things Miserable. you love, not be satisfied, not have joy. That's what I have in abundance. Yes. Well. So like, I can, that's what I have to share. And like the feeling I have, I've left set as an actor making nice checks and feeling dark and mm. and lost in New York city, like walking around in the, in, in the biggest city in, in the country, like n- just being lonely. And I'm like a star. And when I'm not making any money and I'm helping people uh, you know pre- uh, uh, celebrate their their brother who has passed or build schools in Africa or you know raise funds for causes that matter when I leave those sets, I feel uplifted and higher than I've ever felt mm-hmm. and so it just it's really about like you said my brother like perspective like things still to this exact moment are not exactly where I wish I was and where I saw myself being, but I constantly have to check myself. Mm. And that's that gratitude that comes in every single day.
1: Mm. You know, I mean, Brett, listen, being in Hollywood or being in New York City, being amongst all those celebrities you just dropped it's important because the vast majority of people listening to this podcast, the vast majority of people living in the world, they see the stars that you're around. Stars. They see the houses that you've been in. They see the cars that you've driven in. And they, they, they emulate that. They, they want that. But, but what the beauty of being out here or sometimes going to battle is that you can actually see for yourself – that why am I chasing what I'm chasing if I'm, look, if I'm sitting in here? We went to a Bel-Air. You're sitting in these Bel-Air mansions. You're sitting with the cream-to-the-cream cream celebrity has the power, the, 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 the influence, the access, all the things that we're chasing, and they're talking to you like they're, they, 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 you can see they're, 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 they're miserable. Mm-hmm. You can see they're not happy. And so you know, even though but it, it falls on deaf ears for those who can't experience it because they say, well, I would be different. But to me, the biggest thing about living out here is to show me exactly what I don't want, what, I'm, what I, and made me realize, as, as you said, shuffle the deck, not just on who I'm hanging out with, but why am I doing what I'm doing? What is it? If you have the house, you have the food, you have the clothes on your belly— you know, your body, you got your family. I mean, we are so rich. And I love that you said it's a daily reminder because you can't just get high and go, I'm good. It is a, not just a daily, it's a multiple times a day reminder to be able to stay in that state of gratitude. Because-
0: What's that, Is that saying a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step and it's step after step? Like running marathons will, tr- will teach you that. You know, you go out and run 20 miles. That's three hours when mm. I was training. That is a lot of steps. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you get lost in that process of like step after step. And you like start, you, you, get, you get a period where you don't even know you're running consciously. You're, mm. Your body's running, but your brain is somewhere else, right? So it's constant. You know, I, I've always another saying like, even if I'm crawling, I'm going to be crawling uphill. I'm going to be going forward. I'm going to be moving forward. Like it, the pace, not always under our control, but I'm going to be moving forward. And and I, I was not, like I was that person who had success, but was miserable because I wanted more than I had. I had a period of my life. I was not always, I did not always have wisdom. I actually wear my, I don't even have a fancy watch. I wish I had it on now. I wear my grandfather's watch every day. Um, mm. it's a old Timex. It doesn't even work.
2: That's right.
0: It doesn't move. But it works. But my grandfather was from Wise County, Virginia. And it and it's a it's a reminder to me that it's not about having the fancy 10,000, 100,000 dollar watch whatever these guys have. It's not about bling. It's mm. about mm. grounding me to like one of the wisest, kindest, gentlest human beings I've ever known. That's why I wear it every day. And I, I don't think I'll ever buy another watch. That's right. And it, it's about, um, you know, I've, I've had the period, when you talk about fancy cars, I'll be brutally honest. There was a long period of my life when I was do, you building Tiltify, I didn't even own a car.
2: Mm.
0: I didn't have a car. Nobody knows that, but like, I didn't need a car. I would sometimes ride my bike to meetings. I'm gonna get there. Mm-hmm. I went to I went to meetings at CAA, and I would ride my bike there. Mm. And like and like, I'm here to do what I'm here to do. It doesn't matter the mechanisms. It's not about the flash. Like that just wasn't my life. It I I had a period where I really reasserted who I wanted to be, and started to get to know that person again. And I think all my success has come. The true success, not the fake success of like being an actor and and having no control out of my life, being a puppet. Mm. You know, I got fired from um, One Life to Live with my Emmy reel in my hand. I, I was pre-nominated for an Emmy. I was being recognized as being, you know, one of the top whatever actors and first in you know doing some. We won a Glad Award, and that started the journey of me now wanting to do that more. And that started me towards tiltify. and that started me towards humble house. And that started the journey of of not just living my life for myself. Um, i I was in a fraternity back in the day. It's transmit not only um, not equal, but greater than it was transmitted to me. That's mm. that was like our purpose. So that that's really what my life is about is about is is about spreading that. I you can know? S- Lack I think of a better way of saying it.
1: It's true. You know, I don't know if you do this, but the, the constant uh, battle you have when you're trying to consistently align your passions with your purpose on a daily basis, why, and pretty soon we'll be launching the journal, when you start seeing it, you, for me at least, okay, I know what I'm focused on, I made my intentions, here's my purpose today, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this accomplished. Then you go on social media, right, for whatever, let's say you go on LinkedIn, I have the right intentions. I'm following through with the actions and LinkedIn has been my, you know, they're not a sponsor yet, but they've been a great resource for me um, in regarding just discover people. But sometimes I still find the traps of LinkedIn because I'm looking at all these quote unquote success stories. And then I'm starting to maybe feeling this, Oh, I'm in lack or, Oh, they're doing this. I haven't quite got there yet. And so I have to train myself to actually start liking and commenting positive things to the people that I may or may not even know so I can actually realign my thoughts. So it goes from envy to feeling lack to supporting and uplifting. And I swear when I – it's almost like I do it daily because I feel this. And, I'm, and then and I'll give example. When I saw your announcement on – I was ecstatic because you had already given me heads up months ago that something's brewing, you can't wait to tell me. And when I saw it, I was so happy for you, man. Because, you know, the Web3, you just saw, you know, we were talking about something about Web3, NFT, everything on LinkedIn or any of this is everybody's just chasing this unknown. And, And some of my closest friends have made millions of dollars in this space, and they're telling me some of the horror stories of it. You know, yeah, you see me making millions, but man, you don't even know who's buying this stuff, all these these things. You don't read about that. You, you you tend to read all the fluff and all this stuff. But when I saw you, I mean you told me about it, but when 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 I saw the success that you're having in the very beginning of Solace, I know we're in the very infancy stages, but pre interview when we're talking, he's telling me how he's telling us with, to our audience, you know, you're gonna you're gonna change Hollywood, brother. But I'm like, man. I want to be your number one fan. We are because of who you are, you know, everything you just talked about for the last 45 minutes is why we need people like you in these positions of power and in this web three space, which can go, you know, the, the dangers, and I want to go into solace now, the dangers I see is we're already in this cultural algorithm trap, I mean, most of us have now seen the Social Dilemma documentary on Netflix. If you haven't, it's worth seeing. And there's no the solution is, eh, yeah, we use it too. You're kind of trapped. And so going into the Web3 space, which I know Jack Dorsey is saying that you think it's decentralized, it's not, it's controlled by the few. So everyone has their own opinions on this. But when I saw you entering this space, I so, said, ooh, this is going to be good. Here's a guy who's always been a visionary. Here's a guy who always cares about uplifting and helping others. You can take the same tagline and mission and vision of Solus and give it to 10 other Web3 entrepreneurs, and, man, they're not going to do what you're doing because it has Brett Claywell behind it. I believe in you, bro. That's why you're on this show. It's a simple little show. We're, we're growing, aren't we, Tobias? buy?. what but you know it's true man so i applaud you bro and i and i i want to take the smiles that i've seen every day that i saw you bro and you're, what you're doing with tiltify and i i really drew want to inject the currency into what you're doing at solus not because it sounds good that you're going to change hollywood and you're going to you have all these innovative ideas but because i believe that it will always it will benefit the vast majority of people. I know it will because of what you stand for. And this is why we tell the audience, it's so important that you inject your passion and your purpose into your personal, professional and spiritual life to do good for yourself and others, because then that's where the magic is. That's right. So on that note, can you describe Soulless and what you're doing now?
0: Well, it's a natural progression from, well, I start with humble house, what we did there. Cause solace, oh, yeah sits over top of three different companies. We have Solus Studios, we acquired Humble House, and we have Solus Labs, which ties it together. Um, so Humble House, we produced a lot of the live script reads um, during the, the pandemic. We were perfectly positioned when every other production company in the world shut down. Um, we understood remote content and directed some of the biggest talent in, in the world. We did Dazed and Confused with Matthew McConaughey and the original cast, We did um, uh, Spinal Tap with the original cast. We did Rocky Horror Picture Show um, with the original cast and a lot of guests. Seth Green came on. We had um, Tim Curry, who's had a stroke and is in a wheelchair, but he was still the star of the show. Um, Wilmer Valderrama came on. We did Fright Night and Mark Hamill came on. Um, We did Goonies with Josh Brolin in the original cast. So we did all of these to raise money for worthy causes. the Goonies was for No Kid Hungry. The other ones were for Democratic parties of different states. Um, we were literally, our work was mentioned on the inauguration night on CNN. Um, they said it was the best use of Hollywood they've ever seen, hey. um, saying that some of our work helped impact the actual election of the, the presidential election. So it was stuff that um, really carrying further some of the stuff that we'd been preaching is allowing talent um, to uh, engage with their communities in, in unique ways. And when we, I'll use the Goonies reference as where we're headed with Solus. When we produce Goonies, you could actually donate in real time. The first time Mikey hit his inhaler, you yeah. could donate to own Mikey's inhaler. Mm. The, Josh Brolin had his bandana, you could donate to have his band, own his bandana. You could donate to own Andy's sweater. So we had actually sent props to all of our cast. They starred in Zoom. We had the soundtrack. We had the uh, sound effects. We had um, we had video from the film. Um, we had we had we actually it was a whole different. We call it live stream theater. So it was an entirely new way to enjoy the films you love, but with the live cast doing. It wasn't a script reading. They were literally acting. When we did Rocky Horror. We did 17 musical performances. We had the Grateful Dead do a song. We had Pearl Jam do a song. Rosario Dawson did a song. And we had three weeks to put that together. So we had the, we for Rocky Horror, we had the sheet music. So we had to get somebody to record the tracks. We had to get that to the talent so they could record the vocals. We had to mix that. We had to get it back to them. They recorded a music video. And then we did a live show with those songs interjected. Um, so we were really creating an entirely new art form. Um, then Web3 happens, then NFTs launch. And we're like, this isn't a shift for us, it's a natural progression to allow talent to engage with their communities, to tell stories that they may never have previously been able to tell before. So what Solus does is on Solus Studios and on Humble House, it's using our token, which we're launching, we're gonna have an ICO in about two months, and our marketplace, which we've built, we've been building since February of last year, where talent can now engage directly with their communities to green light feature films and digital content and not be beholden by Hollywood, which traditionally we produced um, little sidebar. We produced the, the Fox soul Christmas special mm-hmm. this last Christmas with the poetry lounge. So we, it was aired across nationwide primetime, Saturday night on Fox Saturday before Christmas. We had aloe black, do a song. We had Rosario Dawson do a poem. We had the eight or 10 of the greatest poets, all, all uh, black community, greatest poets in the world, performing um, holiday-themed poems. Beautiful show. I can't get that show sold. Mm. This was the impetus. The Poetry Lounge is the longest-running poetry lounge in the country, 24 years. Fairfax High School. They've been running it from there. Dante Basco founded it with Sean Van Cleef and a bunch of other people. We can't get that on air because it's too niche. Mm. It was the impetus for Deaf Poetry Jam. Deaf Poetry Jam, Kanye West did three different songs from College Dropout before he dropped College Dropout as poems. But it's too niche. Now we have a mechanism where forget the people telling me no or telling my friends no, my talent no, who has huge communities. Now we don't need you. Now these communities can engage these talent can engage with their communities to green light the stories they want to tell. And now we can truly create a web three world where we're green lighting the stories, the films, the digital content, and giving that, that uh, those audiences ways to engage with that content in layers like never before, yeah. before we start production, during production, during a live broadcast, after production, creating value. We're also doing charity events through this, right? So that's what solace is about is using our token um, the, our one-liner, Solus is an ecosystem to finance, produce, and monetize community-building IP. Mm-hmm. It's creating global dialogue because that's what content has become. It's no longer a monologue where you speak at an audience, you go to a film, you watch TV, you listen to a podcast. You're just listening. You're not engaging. It's now dialogue. Global communities in, in real time having dialogue about the topics and the content that matter to the most.
1: I mean, is that not... Game changing power.
2: I dropped the mic. <laughs> There's no more to be said.
1: I mean Amazing. Brett, that's you're right. It is all your experiences in from I mean, tiltify and humble, you had to have experienced in order to be able to even come up with the idea and then be able to pull it off. I think it's brilliant. And I think um let me ask you this. On the on the solace, so once the once the let's say it's a new Goonies, for example, a new project and the community buys into it. And then is it, is it the power of the distribution? Where is it? The, uh, streaming through the soulless platform? Is it, or wherever it may be at that point? We're just creating
0: content. It can live wherever it Got wants it. to live. We're not mm. trying to be a platform. Got it. it when we are Goonies, it was on YouTube, Twitch, um, tick Facebook it. all at the same time. Got right. It. So, in my career as an actor, Mm -hmm. I wasn't in control of my career, right? I, whether I was getting cast, whether I was already on a job, I could get fired. I had no control of my career. A Twitch streamer, a YouTuber, a TikTok creator, they have control over their own careers. That's right. Actors traditionally have not. Mm. So when we talk about web three, this is not, you said, I have the power. This is not about me having the power. That's right. This is about me understanding what my fellow actors have been through their whole careers and starting to give them the power, let them have the power of their own career. If they want to create weekly digital content to engage with their community the same way a Twitch streamer does great. Humble house is there for you. Stop by. We're going to have a facility in Los Angeles. Come by. Let's help you create your content week by week. You show up, you engage with your community. You go back to the rest of your life. You own this. You want to, you want to, you want to tell a story? You want to green light a film? Great. Let us use our token. Engage with your community. Let's fi- use our, our token to finance it. Go, go make your movie. Don't wait for Hollywood to tell you you can or you cannot. Speak. Don't let them tell you what you can or cannot do. We're here to tell you you can. I love and we're going to give you the power to do that. Same with charities. I've always had a problem with charities where we have great talent that want to do an event. That event costs money. That crew's got to get paid. That charity is hamstrung. They can't spend forty grand to produce an event so that we can raise two hundred grand. because they're judged by how they spend their money. Awesome. We're going to pay for the event now. We're going to use our token to pay for the event. So now we, I can green light 10 times more charity events because the charity doesn't have to pay for it. I don't have to find a sponsor.
1: We're going to use our token to fund your event. Amazing brother. And when, and what, and when are you planning to launch the token? You said two months. Um, we are, we got some announcements coming. Okay. Um, as you can
0: imagine, um, we're, we're finalizing our, uh, our Paperwork. our capital raise and our, and our sell right now. Our ICO is probably going to be in about two months. Awesome. Um, and we're going to launch the token. We've already announced our first film slate, some great partners, Kodiak Pictures did Chicago 7. Um, They did Bloodshot. They've done a lot of other stuff. Defiant uh, Studios is our other partner. We got some talent attached to that that we can't announce yet. But um, we're just, we're just, we also, you know, the future of what we're doing is using our community to uncover and discover new storytellers and new stories. Coda just won Best Picture, right? That is a very niche film. Um, Kudos to Apple for greenlighting that because not a lot of not a lot of platforms would but we want to use our community our global community that we build to identify new storytellers and identify stories that need to be told and be the mechanism um that brings that to life
1: i love it brett listen i i know uh, offline we have a lot of talking to do but that's why one of the reasons why we're so aligned with uh, good news network is you know there's the millions of people that go there all organic and we're about to really uplift this in a whole global community. So, and we, we it is global. So I want to, I look forward to offlining with you about how do we take our collective originals and, and I mean, I'm, you know, just in, in, in work with you and grow what you're doing with Solace, especially now that I know exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. The timing is serendipitous of what we're out there. We're, we're on a mission, Tobias and I and our partners to impact a billion people make their lives better. I appreciate your time, Brett. It's been fun, but I got three questions for you. Okay, you ready? All right. <laughs> All right. All right, first question, and by the way, to the audience, the guests don't know these questions. All right, so the first question, very simple. I didn't know any
2: question, I don't know
0: what you <laughs> First <here>. question,
1: <laughs> first question, very simple. Who's the one mentor that comes to mind that has the biggest impact in your life that you haven't, you have or haven't met?
0: man, that's hard, that's hard to say. Like, um, I mean, I, I really, I think so many names pop into mind, but when you say one, I was a really big early on in my life. I think if I was going to say who had the most impact on me, I was, I used to read a lot of books, you know, when I was young and, Henry David Thoreau really Mm. pops in my mind because it's the art of nonconformity and being a nonconformist, you know, marching to the beat of a different drum. And I think that's carried through. I think that's why it's a quote on my Instagram. I think I had a quote wall when I was in high school where I would just write a lot of that. And um, I think that really gave me the confidence to not follow Not necessarily lead. I wasn't trying to be a Pied Piper. I was just trying to find my own path, Mm. find my own way. Um, It's Robert Frost, but it's the path less traveled by, right? right. The road less traveled by. I think that type of nonconformity, Walden, that book, um, really had a significant impact in, in at least beginning to lay the groundwork for who I was to become.
1: Love that answer. Love that answer. Second question. What's your favorite book that you've read in the last, let's say 12 months.
0: I don't read a lot anymore. Trust me. There's babies and babies and companies and work. Um, I watch more than I read, but, uh, you know, I'm in the content game. Um, my favorite book that just pops in my mind that I've read recently is The Kid Stays in the Picture, Robert Evans, you know, youngest, youngest head of a studio in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, it's even a greater documentary because he, he, he voices it. That's just what pops in my head. Love it. Um, Cause against all odds, he found success. You know, he rescued an entire studio. Um, it was just a great story for me to kind of understand the world I'm living in and, how to find success. I don't think that's probably the best accurate representation of what truly moves me. But when you're talking about a book, I really, really enjoyed that one. There's a lot of themes in uh, Brett's life in there, Tobias.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. The third and last question is what advice in a few words would you give your younger self?
0: Believe in yourself. I knew he was gonna say that. Like believe in yourself. Don't, I, you know, and, and, and again, I think a younger self, I would say on one side, I look at my life and man, I, I, my first kid, I, I started dating my future wife on my 40th birthday. Mm -hmm. I had my first kid after I was 40, like my family came after I was 40. So like, I lived a lot of my life just celebrating life. And, um, part of me would say, Hey, like don't waste a moment because it's fleeting. But the other part of me is so grateful that I celebrated every day of my life. Like every day was a celebration. Every day was, I was living my best life. And, and that is so valuable because I look back with no regrets. I don't have the bank account I want, but I have the memories that that fuel me. You mm-hmm. know,
1: I love that like answer, like
0: man. the food in my belly or the the walls that surround me that I live in pale in comparison to the to the food that fills my soul.
2: Man, my brother, That's- right, man, so it's-
1: yeah. It's been, it's been, no, 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 it's been awesome, man. And just a confirmation to Tobias and I that we weren't going to do this podcast. We were working on bigger projects and bigger things. And it was other people around us who said, your voices together need to be out there. It's not just another podcast or something unique and special. And conversations like this confirm that this is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Bringing these court stories out from you, brother, and listening to you, so that we can celebrate and create these movements together. I appreciate your time, and look forward. I tie
0: it together real quick because yes, the reason sir. I started humble. The brand is H M B L. It's not about you. It's not about me. Take the U and the E out. Humble. It's about being a vessel, mm. and that's what I feel like I want to be. I want to be of service to the people around me, and. I think that's what you gentlemen are doing as well. So it's been an honor to be on the show.
1: I appreciate you, Brett. Um, For everyone listening, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your comments, your feedback. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you want, we recommend you follow Brett Claywell at Brett Claywell for social. Pay attention to Solis. That's S-O-L-I-S because it's you. You listeners, you people watching, our fans are going to help fuel the Soulless community, the Soulless coin. So we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Don't forget to check out new episodes every Monday. We're super excited about this. I'm Brett Claywell, co-founder of Solus. I'm Tony Samadani. I'm
2: Tobias Tubbs. And we are living, living good, good currency.